Welcome to the alchemy of music. We all remember that song during a summer romance or during a bad breakup. We all remember that album that changed your life. And we remember that concert we'll never forget. We'll dive into those nostalgic moments, hear personal stories while examining the cultural and cerebral effects music has and the magic it creates. We'll highlight upcoming tours, artists to see, and the latest in music. I'm your host, Tommy, and now, let's begin. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of The Alchemy of Music. Thank you guys for joining me on another episode today. I am super excited to talk about today's episode. I've got one of my girlfriends here and we actually reconnected when she posted on her Instagram about turning 27 and I messaged her about the post. Uh, It was very spiritual. We're both very spiritual people and since then me and her have reconnected and we have such amazing conversations and you know, I thought there would be no better guest than to talk about the 27 Club. And Kurt Cobain died on April 5th. Even though uh, Lane Staley is not part of the 27 Club, he still passed at the age of 34 and he passed on the same day, eight years, I believe it's eight years, nine years apart, uh, 94 in 2002. And, um, you know, it just got me thinking about this topic and, you know, There's plenty of theories out there in general of why this happens, but a lot of astrologers think it has to do with your Saturn return, and that's an important part of your astrological evolution, and it happens a few times throughout your lifetime, but it's when Saturn returns to the sign that it was in when you were born. And I'm going to go into this a little bit more in today's episode so you'll be able to learn a little bit more about what that means and all that jazz and and what the actual planet Saturn means and the energy that it brings to it. So super interesting. It was a great episode and I was, you know, I love Alana and we had so much fun. So it was, it was, this is a good one. But before we get into that, I have so much to report, so I'm going to get right into it. So Kanye dropped out of Coachella, and to be quite honest with you, like, I didn't really want to get too much into this topic. You know, I'm obviously, if you listen to my podcast, you'll know I'm a huge fan. I just, you know, I want him to take the time to take care of himself. I know he's grieving, he's in pain. it's the actions are not acceptable but it's like if you take the time give yourself the opportunity to heal come back in like two years and just kill us with another album and another Coachella set and amazing tour like I know you have it in you Kanye (laughs) if you're listening out there but seriously like if you guys have not seen him perform with Drake on that Amazon oh that was so freaking good I'm telling you guys it was so good but Kanye I just want you to like get yourself better and come back come back better than ever 
So Lollapalooza's lineup was announced, and it's it's really good. I mean, it's four days. Like, I want to go to a four-day festival that just... I felt like that in regards to Ultra. I was like, why isn't this four days? But anyways, the uh, lineup is sick. It's Metallica, Dua Lipa, J. Cole, Green Day, Doja Cat, Machine Gun Kelly, Kygo, Glass Animals, Big Sean... Cascade, Charlie XCX, just so many Tov Low, Local Natives, Bob Moses, Dashboard Confessional, I mean, and then Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction is so good. Such a great lineup. I know my sister was like telling me about wanting to go and definitely a festival I would love to go to. I mean, I loved Ultra being in, you know, the center being right near the city was beautiful. So I can't imagine how beautiful Chicago is. That must be incredible. And then um, Electric Zoo is another one that came out. Oh, this is a really good lineup. AC Slater, Afrojack, Armin Van Buren, Camel Fat. Oh, I love Camel Fat. Carl Cox, Cheat Codes, Diplo, DJ Snake, Gorgon City, Joel Corey, like this is Porter Robinson. Oh my God. Just so many good people on this lineup. And guys, I love festival season. It's, it's what I live for. <laughs> Tomorrow, Boston Calling announces their headliner, I believe, that is replacing Foo Fighters. And it's super crazy because if you've been listening to my podcast, you will know that I've had these tickets since before the pandemic. Pretty much went because Rage Against the Machine was going to go. Rage Against the Machine pulled out. I'm still okay with going to a festival. A festival is a festival. They replaced it with Metallica. Now, if you look at the lineup... In past years, I mean, there's still, like, some rappers and electronic, but it's definitely, like, a more rock-focused festival this year, just obviously because of the headliners and they're trying to get a specific, like, demographic in. But they have to get someone that meets Foo Fighters and that level. So they're, they're aiming for that generation. And, you know, they replaced... um Rage Against the Machine with Metallica, so that makes sense, but who are they going to do for Foo Fighters? So I sent the picture to Janet, Janet if you're listening, I know you are, Um, and there's the little emoji underneath with nails, and like of course my brain just immediately like nails getting painted, I'm thinking like Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, but then I'm like no, 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 they're going to have to pick someone that is like that same generation as Foo Fighters and Janet replies to me and I almost died nine inch nails I was like what you guys have no idea if this is nine inch nails and I talk to you all next week this is one of my manifestations I know they've been touring or gonna tour and have been planning on it but like this is one of my manifestations. I've always wanted to see Nine Inch Nails. And it will be really crazy if it is. Obviously, I'm very sad about Foo Fighters. I would love to see Dave Grawl. I mean, we're talking about Kurt Cobain in this episode today. 
you know, he was from in one of the biggest bands and it's I need to do an episode on him, how he's even evolved his career. How do you go from one band to a completely different band and you're a singer? The whole thing is just pretty cool. But I was bummed out about that. But like Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, oh my God. So I'm super excited. I'm going to keep you all posted on that and what happens next. And also who is going to replace Coachella. It's in a few weeks Oh my God, this is crazy. I wonder even how this goes. Like, is there like a festival hotline? Like, hey guys, um, this artist just pulled out. Like, we need a replacement ASAP. Like, how does that even work? And half of these people probably already have tours and all this stuff, like an itinerary already planned for the year, especially since the pandemic. So I don't know. But either way, I hope you guys all enjoy today's episode it's a good one so enjoy alana hello cheers cheers thank you (laughs) so much for coming on my podcast i'm so excited i always wanted you on one of my episodes like from the get-go because i i felt like you'd be perfect Especially since you like send me, I don't know, you'll send me songs from like the 60s or things that you remember from me when I was younger. Yeah. Like shiny toy guns. And I'm like, I got to get her on here. But um, thank you so much for coming and joining me. You're welcome. So out of my element. <laughs> That's okay. That's <laughs> yeah. totally okay. Um, We're both really spiritual. We love astrology and all the things. And we want to talk about Saturn Return and the 27 Club and how it re- relates. Um, but yeah, before we get into that, me and you have known each other for like a really long time. I want to say, I feel like since I was at least eighth grade, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Which is what, like 2008, 2000? 2000... Yeah, 2008, 2009. Yep. yep. That's crazy. And like I've known your family forever as well. But um yeah, and then we I feel like we always liked each other. Mm-hmm. We always liked each other. I got you ready for prom. Yes, with Casey. <laughs> and were you you were in court too? No, that was Holly. You got that me was Holly. Holly. Oh my gosh. And then I don't know if Sarah. Marilyn went to that prom. Moni. Yeah, Amani. Yeah. So, yeah, and I got you guys ready. I did hair and makeup, and it was, oh, my God, that was so much fun. It was in the condo. Yeah, I was, like, it was, like, an honor for me. Sarah, like, asked me. I'm, like, yes. (laughs) But that was so great. But then me and you, I mean, I feel like we always stayed in touch on social media. Mm -hmm. Like, I always feel like even your sister, Holly, I'm always, like, congratulations or whatever we always stayed in touch and then you posted about turning 27 Mm -hmm. and having a healer and I'm very spiritual so like once I saw that I was like who's your healer like tell me tell me everything and you had like a very significant 27th birthday yeah like leading up to my 27th year it just felt like my i felt like intuitively my life was about to change dramatically and 
I was talking to my healer about it, about everything that's been going on in my life and how, you know, I wanted to feel more like free and all that. And he starts talking about the 20 and I thought actually I was thinking about the 27th club thing Mm -hmm. and how like 27 like you know with all the famous people that have passed and stuff and I think I even mentioned it to him and he's like oh yeah no the 27th year is like a very significant year Mm -hmm. in your life he called it the age of spiritual maturity Mm -hmm. and he's all into the numerology Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so he told me to like look it up and um, I guess like every nine years or so, you kind of go through like a different, it's like a different phase in your life. Mm-hmm. That's what I put in the post that you read. Yeah. And yeah, then we reached out, you reached yeah. out to me and now we've been. We've been like, we talk almost every day, I would say, yep. pretty much. But like, I know, and you're also a music lover. Mm-hmm. You've been tuning into my episodes and it's funny because I feel like, you're one of the only few people I know that has such a range. I mean, I know a lot of people that have a range, but you have a range Huge of mu- range. music that yeah. you love. And there's a lot of things that we both like totally agree on. So let's start from the beginning. You know, what was your earliest memories of music? I feel like it was anything that my mom and dad listened to. And they both were into the rock music Mm -hmm. so it was all like the nirvana allison in chains um yeah like who there was bob dylan's son i just remember my mom listening to him a lot and i forget jacob dylan Mm -hmm. (laughs) like things like that so and then during that time too my sister my older sister caitlin had gotten into the pop music yeah so then i got into all that with the spice girls and the backstreet boys so it's the type of stuff i dance around in my living room too mm-hmm. and um the rock music i would just like my mom was all into like the headbanging music mm-hmm. so she would like put that on the stereo and i would just like headbang with her in the living room <laughs> that's so funny and what was your favorite what did you like the most? I don't really know. I mean, I didn't really feel like I had a favorite when I was younger, but I didn't really start, like, picking my favorites until I was, like, a teenager. Mm. You know, like, and then my favorite band is definitely The Smiths. The Smiths are the really Smiths. good. I love them. What? Who are your top three favorite bands? It would be the Smiths. Uh, I really like The Cure. They're kind of mm, like the Smiths. Yeah. And then it's like a toss-up between like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. They're just the type of music that I can put on at any moment. Like it doesn't really matter like what mood I'm in. I, th- I can just put them on at any yeah. time. Just I background agree. music. Yeah. I just went to um, – I don't – I, I should have invited you. I didn't even think of it. I'm so sorry. Um my my studio does like a full moon yoga to Pink Floyd. Ooh, I love that. And they do it every full moon or almost every full moon. Mm-hmm. So we can still go. Like I want to go again. It was so good. But they basically play Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. And I was like almost in tears because I was like it was it was so good. I just love Pink Floyd so much. But yeah, yeah it was incredible. I would. I would love to go to that, yeah. Mm. And it's mellow, and it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Do you have other any other bands? Top five. So you said 
The Smiths, The Cure, maybe Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. For me, I don't know. Just like really depends on the type uh, type of mood I'm in. I have a very wide range of music. You like the '60s too? Yeah, right? yeah. I really can vibe out to the '60s yeah. music. Yeah. I I don't even have like a specific artist I like. I just put on like the station. Yeah. Like on Amazon Music or Apple Music or Mm -hmm. whatever. And like just any of those songs. Yeah. No, it's like this summer. I'll have to assign you the playlist. I don't, I should have, I don't know if I did. I don't think I did. But um, Spotify has like a 60s Summer of Love playlist. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not the Summer of Love, but they play all these just. It's not like even Janis Joplin or anything like the age of Aquarius is on it, but it was so good. And I listened to it. It was around when I broke my leg and um, yeah, so good. But just I just so feel like upbeat. that time, like it was like the messages they had in their mm-hmm. music. I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah, it just makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always rate things based off of like, how does it make me feel after? And yep. if I feel like elevated, then. Yeah. Get a good vibe, you know? Yeah, no, to- totally. That's how I am with like any type of music I listen to. I have to, like, it depends on what mood I'm in. And I remember like writing this down one time because I like to journal a mm-hmm. lot. So I was like writing about how like music like affects me and like how, depending on what mood I'm in, I put on a certain genre. So if I'm like really angry and I let off some steam there'll be like some heavy rock or whatever just to get that like emotion out because Mm -hmm. like music helps like you just like the emotions you feel when you listen to the music and that's why it's so like impactful to me Mm -hmm. I just and then if I'm like in a very like sad depressed mood I'll like put on some like the smiths kind of or Uh, like that like very angsty and stuff so I'll like put on them and you know, just be totally like in my feelings, yeah. crying and like listening to the lyrics of the song. Yeah. So that's why, like, I just that's how like my relationship to music is. Yeah, it's just like whatever mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. How did your taste evolve? So after In Sync and all that, I really just think it it all evolved from my mom, really. Yeah, and it kind of stuck with me and as I got older with all like the new music coming out and stuff like there were certain things I like got into but a lot of the stuff that like my friends would get into like I couldn't get into it but I Mm. would just try my hardest to like really try to like what they Mm -hmm. listen to and I remember like Sarah Nikki like they I would be the one putting on like the 80s music because I'm really into the whole 80s era and I would put on the 80s music and they'd be like Alana, what the hell is this like what are you listening to so then I just like couldn't play it anymore that's like all I wanted to play was just my 80s music and I had to like listen to like their screamo music oh and all that so I really tried to get into that but I remember the screamo yeah like the scene stage yeah we're all like scene and I'm not like against that or anything but I just yeah I also I couldn't get into that either, no. This is, like, the time where we parted our hair, like, all the way over here. (laughs) And, like, we had, like, the side bang, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember what everyone wore, too. Yeah. Those those were good times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so funny. Sarah also, I think, she has, like, I remember her loving, like, 
MGMT and stuff Yeah, like I actually that. really liked that band. Yeah. That was one of them that she... Yeah, she always, like, got me on to, like, certain bands that I was, like, yeah, I like Very, this. like, indie. Yeah. Kind of, like, electronic indie Passion music, Pit. Right? Yes. <laughs> I think that's one of the songs I definitely remember from you, too. Me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sleepyhead. Yeah. Sleepyhead. Oh my god, that's crazy. Aria, I played that song for Aria. That's once a good and she song. Loves it. She, yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like a lot of those songs I would like when I was, if I was little, mm-hmm. for sure. That's a good one. But yeah. So and then you told me so you went to a two day festival, in we were just talking about because I got back from Ultra. You went to a two day festival. Mm-hmm. Where and when was this? What was it called? Well, I actually don't remember because my friend Rachel was very into the, like, DJ's electronic music. So she's the one that got me into it. And she would always, like, kind of drag me along to the concerts if I could go. So she brought me to, I don't even remember what the festival was called, but it was in Brooklyn, New York. And it was, like, over the weekend we went. It was right at, like, near Coney, Coney Island. So I just remember... I don't even remember the DJs that were there because I just really go for, like, the vibe. That, yeah. Like, it was just, like, it's fun. Yeah. And Kesha was there. And this was, like, right after she had gotten out of, like, the whole court thing with oh. her. Yeah. So she was, like, her own, like, you know, her own person. Kesha without the money sign. <laughs> Kesha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, that's crazy. Because, like, that was high school for for me when she was like really big yeah we had all her cds oh my god i do like kesha yeah i mean that whole situation is crazy too Mm -hmm. and like i can't believe that she even went through that in a way you know it's that's wild but yeah no she was really big she was like fun she had that whole like glitter vibe and that yeah. was like so 2010 too. I know, yeah, yep. Like uh, that's the music evolves like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy to even look back and think that was like the past, because I remember at one point when it was like so relevant, like Katy Perry and Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj you know? came out at that time. That was like her Lady- first album. Came yeah, out. it was just like a, a interesting time for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that. Music just got you up and, like, moving. Mm. Have you – so you went to that festival. Have you gone to any other festivals? I remember going on one boat one with Rachel. Rachel just taking me on these, like, awesome – Was it like, fun? That was so much fun. And I remember being, like, in part of, like, the – I don't even know what part of the boat it was. But it wasn't, like, out on, like, the, like, open area where, mm. like, you were kind of, like, outside. But it was, like, an indoor part of the boat. And – they had a DJ in there, and I don't even know what he was playing, but I just felt it everywhere from, like, head to toe, mm. and it just, like, put me, like, right in the zone, like, at that time, mm. and I was like, this is, like, a great, it was just, like, a very, like, euphoric feeling. Yeah. I know so many people, so, like, I have a lot of naysayers when it comes to electronic music. They're like, oh, they don't play real instruments, or this, that, and the other thing, and number one... You're obviously really ignorant because 
it's really hard. You actually have mm-hmm. to understand music. Like, you have to know music. There's so many buttons and tools and things to do. It's not like they're just always hitting play. They're mixing. They've got sound bites and all this stuff. And you have to have an understanding of music and sound. And you also have to know the tracks that you're going to play. Is this track going to work with this track? Is it, like, you got to be, like, a, on top of it and a genius. And then I love the festivals they're so much fun they're just high intensity non-stop dancing and it's not like a club where you're getting pushed around by these creepy guys and bodyguards it's just it's like I don't know it's it's like Woodstock for electronic music yeah I was gonna say everyone's there and like looking out for each other exactly festivals Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah no it's so much fun I love it and then, but, like, what were, do you have any favorite concerts? Just those. Like, yeah. I really haven't gone to a lot of concerts, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Well, like, that's okay. I went to Backstreet Boys oh when my I was, you like, did? nine. Really? Yeah. My dad took us in a limo and everything. And oh, my like, God. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so funny, though, because... I think on my birthday playlist, I said that someone my someone invited me to the Backstreet Boys, and my mom never. I don't know why I never went, but like that's Maybe like it was that concert, that it, scene, yeah, the Black and Blue tour, and that's you what it was. and you went a limo. I mean, how dope! My that's dad, dope. like, yeah, he totally went all out. He's like, we're gonna make this like a wicked special night. Oh my, that's like amazing though. That's cool. I love when parents do that stuff for their mm-hmm. their kids. So, 27 Club. So, it's crazy because, you know, obviously we both like astrology and I reached out to you about the 27 Club and it's crazy. I just want to go over, you know, in astrology, your Saturn return is like a very big time in your life. Like a lot of astrologers firmly believe not to get married before your Saturn return. I've heard many of them say that because you do so much like up leveling in that time. Um, And then I've already, I finished mine. Mine was in Capricorn. So I think it started either, I don't remember exactly like 2018, 2019, And then um, I think it finished off. I might be wrong, guys, so please, I didn't do these facts and figures. But I think it ended last year. Um, But you're about to go into yours. So that's pretty interesting. And how do you feel about that? (laughs) Honestly, at this point, I feel 100% ready. Yeah. Because I feel like ever since we reached, you reached out to me on my 27th birthday, it was already, like, something was already in process yeah. at that time. You could already feel it. Yeah. Like, there was, I knew there was going to be some, like, big changes. Yeah. And then over that course of the year, like, I ended up having a baby. I moved and, like, so much happened within yeah. that first year that we you know started talking again so I think at this point I'm just ready for my Saturn return yeah. and I was looking it up and I saw that it was happening soon. yeah so I feel excited yeah it's very exciting so I'm gonna go over what it is so basically Saturn your Saturn return is when 
Saturn returns to the sign that it was in when you were born. And Saturn in itself is the planet of structure, uh, order, discipline, responsibility. It's actually considered like the father figure of the planets. And you go through this like... Saturn return, I think it was like every... 28 or something years so the next one would be like in my so it's like your midlife crisis time Mm -hmm. yeah but your saturn return like marks that 27 ish 28 Mm -hmm. time and then like your midlife crisis kind of time but yeah so basically that's where it lands in your chart and usually when you know you hit that 27 28 mark Obviously, like we were saying, discipline, order, and maturity is also another one. And um, it, it's funny because it really is. I mean, I definitely think when I look back, I'm like, I did a lot of growing up, you know. And then it's not all necessarily bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You just like up level into this different person. You yep. know what I mean? So that's super exciting. I'm yeah. excited for you. Definitely already feeling it because of everything that's going on in my life right yeah. now. But it's very emotional too. Like it's definitely no like walk in the park mm. and like all that. No cupcakes and rainbows. So yeah. you're really going through it and like what's important is to remember that, you know, as hard as as hard as it is, like I'm just you don't give up because at the end, like it's yeah. your life, you know, you only live once and like I'm not about to just go through life without like taking charge and mm-hmm. you know, living the life that I wanna live. Yeah. So that's where I am right now and I that's just gonna be like a big part of this whole yeah. thing is like doing what I wanna do, that doing what makes me happy and yeah. being in a job and all everything like what I'm happy with yeah so I'm just I'm ready you know out with the old and in with the new yeah no it's like it does do that to you because it starts well because you're also in between that age where you're no longer going out or you're drinking like you're you start to realize that your priorities shift like Mm -hmm. in a big way because now you're not just moving from your 20s you're moving to your 30s and, like, what are your priorities? Your priorities are much different when you're in your early 20s to your, your, you know, late teens, early 20s. They just start to shift, and that's the biggest shift because then you're like, well, now I'm really starting to get older. Obviously, you already have Aria. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people, t- too, like, they are starting to think about, you start thinking about having a family and those things so naturally your priorities have to change and your wants and your needs and your desires and you start to go you know what do I want from here but yeah it's like a it's a good time Mm -hmm. it really is well you already I feel like you're very level-headed and you're already like very mature and ahead of you know but in general yeah like you said about your career It'll push you to do, make decisions like that, that are, you know, what's the word that I want to use? Like, just go after things that make you happy, Mm -hmm. happier, 
because you do start to see you're like, wow, I am getting older now and starting to but put your life in perspective a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's all like, I can't think of like how to word this, but whatever like I do, like I just think about, you know, Aria and Faye Mm -hmm. and it's like setting that example for them too. You know, like, this is what you should be doing in life. Mm-hmm. If, you know, I want to be, like, that good example for them and not just be, you know, your stereotypical person that, like, you know, has to do this and this. So I just want to teach them, like, the right, well, almost, like, the right way to go through mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Well, you also, like, yeah, not about, yeah, this, this set path. Mm-hmm. Like, what I think I was supposed to do really yeah what I so now like I'm just like I want to do what I love but find a way to you know the aligned path yeah because like I can still do what I love but you know be happy with doing Mm -hmm. doing it yeah and that's a big big step Mm -hmm. you know because I feel like we're all kind of just learning that right now too even the little ones I know yeah (laughs) I know. And so, yeah, obviously it got us thinking April 5th is when we both love Kurt and Lane Staley. Everyone seems to love my Lane Staley episode. All of you guys who are listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a very important episode to me. Alana loved that episode. Um, But they both died on April 5th. Um, Kurt died in 1994. And Lane was 2002. And it got me thinking about, obviously, this, you're about to hit your Saturn return. And a lot of, you know, people wonder about the 27 Club. Why have we lost so many influential performers at 27, 28? And it's kind of marking around this time of the Saturn return. So what are your thoughts on that? Like these people that died, like they were very talented and they were either they were already bigger about to become like even bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that, you know, these inf- so like influential that they had passed. So I just feel like that 27, 28, it's really, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, like, now that, like, I know about it, like, it's kind of, you know, it helps. But if you didn't know, like, the 27 Club, 28 Club, and you're just going through it, you know, it's it's just a lot of, like, emotions, a lot of, like, stuff coming up that mm-hmm. you've already, like, you know, experienced, you know, in your life. Yeah. Like, everything just, like, comes up at that time, mm-hmm. you know. So, it's, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And then never mind, you're in the public eye. They also did a lot of living. They did a lot of hard living as well, mm-hmm. you know. And it is crazy, though, because a lot of them, when you look at the names, we've got Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Brian Jones, Shannon Hoon was 28. And uh, Mac Miller, 26, he was coming up on his 27th year. A lot of these people were really influential. They were incredibly talented. 
Um, like even Amy Winehouse. Remember when she came out? It was like bam, Amy Winehouse. Like there was a lot of momentum, and that's the thing that's crazy is these people had this so much momentum behind them, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy to think that they all kind of succumb around the same time and yeah it's it's marking close to that Saturn return that change in your life structure discipline that sort of thing so it's like it's wild they just needed like a group like you and I I (laughs) to talk to during I know I know it's also like have you watched the Shannon Hoon documentary do you know you know no rain blind melon that you have to watch that do you like documentaries yeah you gotta watch that one it's really good he um filmed his life like had a camera and filmed up like even up to the day he died and it's so sad but it's like so same thing so full of talent and you know obviously he had a a drug issue that sort of thing same thing as Kurt his story is really sad because people were like almost annoyed when he died like up oh, another artist you know and it's yeah. just like he just does never deserved that he's really incredibly talented and amazing but highly recommend that you should watch that okay. but yeah it's the, around the same time yeah 28 so it's like it's crazy it's so sad yeah and you're you like lane too yes it's funny though because like Lane and Kurt were both at completely different points in my life. Like, when I was really into Allison and Chains, it was when I was, like, 8th grade going into ninth grade. So, I was kind of all, like, I'd rather be by myself at that time. So, I had, like, this stereo in my room where, like, you could put in multiple CDs. Yeah. So, I'd have, like, all the CDs, like, on the track and then have a couple from Allison and Chains. And I hooked up these speakers in my room so I could just, like, blare it and just listen and then I would, like, have, like, the pictures all over my wall. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So I just, like, really at that time just wanted to, like, be by myself. And I really listened to, like, his lyrics and just felt them. Yeah. You know, like, my life probably wasn't that terrible at the time. But I just, like, felt like I could relate to his lyrics and yeah. stuff. And then for Nirvana. And I actually remember for with Allison and Chains when I was really into it. Sarah, I think, was over my house once. And she's, like, oh, Allison and Chains, like really Alana like Nirvana's so much better I'm like no Allison in Chains <laughs> and then like a couple years later when I had to move my mom like moved us in the middle of like the school year and she put us in like this really like yuppie towns like Hopkinton and um I got really into Nirvana at that time and I that kind of makes sense though because like he like his type of music was a little bit more like kind of angry-ish like yeah. loud and angry-ish yeah like the the sounds and stuff so like mm. I got really into Nirvana yeah. at that time and I think it was I was just so like resentful against my mom and stuff mm. so like but you know the mu- like music just like you know it fit into certain times of my life mm. no I definitely can agree because I don't think I like them at the same time Mm-hmm. same thing it was different times in my life I actually my dad used to play me Nirvana when I was really little so I like I don't know why but I always 
out of all the stuff that my parents listened to, I really, like, always liked Nirvana. And it wasn't until, like, later in life that I really loved Allison and Chains. So, um, but yeah, no, it is different. They're, Wait, and they're both grunge, but completely different sounds. Yeah, very different. It's, I don't know. I always wonder, like, I need to look this up. Like, did they meet? I think they did. They had to have. But, yeah, it's, like, it's crazy. Yeah, there's there's actually one song on, I think it was, like, the first album of Nirvana. And it's, like, a song I feel like that no, unless, like, you're, like, a Nirvana fan. Like, I feel like it was a song that a lot of people didn't listen to on the album. It was, like, Endless Name or something. And, like, in that song, at that one point, I think it's, like, two minutes and 30 seconds or something, like, into the song, the guitar, like, the guitar in it, it sounds like, and I used to, like, really like this song because it literally sounded like a chainsaw. I don't know if you know this song that I'm talking about, but he was, I don't know, it was, it was just, like, a nasty guitar solo. Yeah. And I, like, loved it. No, I, have you ever watched... Have you ever watched, um, well, I've, like, literally fallen asleep to Nirvana live, and I was by myself, and I literally woke up, but Nirvana at the Paramount, so good. Like, just watching Kurt play guitar, mm-hmm. and the whole band is just, it's freaking incredible. They were mentioning it in that, um, documentary on Woodstock, how he, like, Kurt Cobain would come out dressed like a girl and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, at that time, like, now with, like, everything going on, like, with, you know, pretty much, like, the equality between men and women. And he, like, at that time, in 1992 or 1993, was, like, making a statement mm-hmm. like that. He was, like, really for... I, there's, like, a quote where he's, like, if you're a racist... If you don't like gays or this, that, and the other thing, you hate women, don't come to our shows. And, like, he was just way – I think, too, it's interesting because if you – talking about this, when you look at all these people, they're really ahead of their time. I was about to say that word. (laughs) Yes. We're always, like, on – That's totally what it is. That's what I just picked up on. Yeah. I think they're just ahead of their time. They're ahead of their time, and a lot of their forward thinking is conflictive with what's going on externally. Mm-hmm. So they're like an outcast. So they're like time. an outcast internally and externally. Like, mm-hmm. they just don't feel like they belong. I, you know what made me think of this is Janis Joplin, because Janis Joplin, I've read a lot of stories and of her crying and... Her being a, you know, just like, it seemed like she was a lot jollier and she actually endured a lot of, like, struggle younger and, like, her also feeling like an outcast in a way. And I think in general, like, she was always about, like, the peace and love. And I think, yeah, it's, like, really hard to fit in when you're forward thinking and you you know, you operate one way and society operates this whole nother way. But like, you're that one person out of like the 10 people that operate different from you. So yeah, I think, I also wonder too, does it have to do with that? Not just their talent, but just being so. mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think it does for yeah. sure. Now that's like now that I'm starting to think about really, it. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent I really think it was. And even like Mac Miller too. He was gonna be 20. He's 26, coming up on 27, and um, he was like really talented and just I don't know, like yeah, forward thinking is the only word to say. He just had. It is, it's just crazy to think about, like, I've read some of his quotes and just, like, intellectual things that he's come out with and very much, in a weird way, whole. It's like all these people are whole, but yet they're using things and doing things that impede, but I think it's, they're struggling. It's, like, it's, conf- it's hard to live in this world sometimes. Yeah, and, like, people didn't understand them either. You know, like, whatever they said, like, people didn't, they just kind of, like, brushed it off almost. Like, mm-hmm. no one understood them. And if they were here yeah. now, you know, like, it makes you wonder. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. It does make you wonder. I think about Kurt a lot. I do. What would he be like? Who he would be like? But I also, one of the things I remember about Kurt is that, when people didn't like his I think before he had died like a new album was created and people weren't liking it and that was hard for him yeah I think we were just kind of like talking about this earlier like the being like super sensitive yeah like even like me coming on this podcast it's like you know my family and friends listening to this Mm -hmm. like what if they you know the judging like yeah uh, yeah just super sensitive yeah well like I was saying to you about creating this podcast it's like I don't know it's like a big dose of ayahuasca in a sense because you're putting something in your face that you haven't done before and that is challenging and all these fears come up and you have to Mm -hmm. I had no choice but to like face all my fears and overcome them or I could just stop and fail you know and like failure wasn't an option and I think that's also like a big thing with that him Amy Winehouse too Shannon Hoon was another one like failure just isn't an option for people you know especially when you're fragile and all you want to do is like create the things that you want to create and Mm -hmm. It's coming from your heart and your soul. So it's like, it's almost an insult when someone doesn't like something that is coming from your soul. You know what I mean? Yes. I know exactly what you mean. I feel like that was just like my whole life up until now. (laughs) You know, 27, 28, Saturn return. Yeah. Like, I feel like I am just coming more into my authentic self now. And I'm not afraid of like showing who I really am yeah you know and I I am now and it's just it's great like I feel like I finally like I can start to be myself and I was just talking to Tim about that too like I just yeah it's I will say that's also another key part of it is becoming more authentically you mm-hmm And I think that's also like a real struggle sometimes because you also have to like, we're not celebrities, but you have to overcome naysayers. You have to 
do things differently than someone who might not accept you or appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And it's like having to decide whether to be liked for yourself and who you are and not keep naysayers. And that's okay, but that's the hard part. Or try to adapt and be like everyone else. And and that's the thing. It's like you don't want to do that, yeah, you know? That's what I've been doing and, yeah, don't want to do that you anymore. You don't want to do that anymore. And that's the biggest thing is, like, I'd say about this time, too. Yep. You're just unpeeling the layers of who you are. Or what's not you and getting to the core, but it's also, like, kind of tough, too, at the same time. A lot of roadblocks. A lot of roadblocks. And it's emotional. It is emotional. You lose friends in the process. Mm -hmm. You also gain friends in the process. There's a lot you face, like, when it comes to your family and, and about career, too. You know, you start to, like, have a different mindset about what a career is. Everything's just like all in your face now. Mm-hmm. It's like all there. Yeah. Absolutely. And then more to come. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just interesting like thinking about these people and how many of them. There's even more like way more artists on the list and even actors as well. I was like looking. There's like some actors that had passed around the same time. Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. Heath Ledger. And he, I think that was like right around the batman because he'd passed right before batman was released i want to say yeah i think he did yeah and he ended up winning wait did he have did i don't know did he pass before but he won yeah he passed before um it was released in the theaters because he won the oscar he won the oscar yeah which was like the saddest thing how old, I was a senior yet that year when he died. Was it 2008? I remember it was like was the 14. winter time. I went to like a basketball game and we just found out that Heath Ledger died. I so, loved him. Like I know. Ten, um, what is it? The 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Movie. He's so good. And he's a cutie too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like crazy to think about. And a lot of them all... But, you know, too, I was listening to that podcast that I was playing you earlier today, and she was talking about um, one of the guests on the podcast was talking about how drugs are an escape. And usually, and it's, like, interesting, because all, not all of them, but most of them were, like, trying to escape something, mm-hmm. you know? And it's it's crazy to think about that, you know, they had all this fame and fortune, and all this stuff, but they're t- still trying to escape reality in a way, you know? I can't imagine it being easy to be, like, famous, and we were totally just talking about this, too, like, how, like, fame nowadays seems to be, like, changing. Yeah. Like, I feel like over time, like, we aren't going to be, like, looking up to famous people like like we do, yeah. like, right now, and back then like Mm. it's all it's changing Mm -hmm. and you know the fame at their time too like maybe it was too much for them yeah I mean yeah absolutely once you're like shoved in the spotlight and you still have issues maybe that you haven't worked on it's just like amplified Mm -hmm. you know especially if you have a poor show or it's like any sort of critique is like really too much 
the fans, the media, like mm-hmm. anything. Like I feel like the nineties, maybe not like so much, but nowadays, like it's almost like artists can't get away with anything mm-hmm. because it's all over. Instagram is all over everything. Yeah. So they just can't get away with anything anymore. And it's like all pri- I can imagine that being really tough. Yeah, it's not all private basically. Mm-hmm crazy who's your do you have like a favorite member of the 27 club i like Jimi hendrix Mm, yeah i just remember like i don't know if i read it somewhere or what i started reading a biography of him but i never finished it but he would put the i don't know like acid yeah like in his headband Mm -hmm. (laughs) he always wore the headband and then uh, i think something about like his mom too from what i remember reading was like she didn't want him to like play music and stuff and uh he played lefty yeah too so but he was just always like from like a little boy like into like playing the guitar and stuff and i think like he would play like pretend to play it on the broom and stuff really but i want to say like his mom was abusive Um, but i don't know if i'm remembering that from marilyn monroe's story because i got really into marilyn monroe when i was in high school or if it was him, but I know I do know for a fact that Marilyn Monroe's mom was yeah, super yeah. abusive to her. Mm, I remember hearing that too. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't part of the Twenty Seven Club, but she had a no. But she definitely deserves a shout out there. Yeah, I love Marilyn. Monroe. Yeah, same. She she did some music too. Yeah, from like her movies. Yeah, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Mm, yep. No. Yeah, she's classic. Mm-hmm. I have some good. I'll have to show you some Marilyn posters in my basement. Anything Marilyn Monroe, I yeah, love. <laughs> she's great. But yeah, Jim. Um, we were talking about Jim Morrison too. Jim Morrison was also like, I feel like a very high conscious person. Yeah, I've heard and read a lot of stuff. Like I was listening to Victor, and he was talking about how there's like a Jim Morrison YouTube of him talking about TV and how people are like zombies and they live in different realities. And they're in their own reality. And I thought that was interesting. And then um, also The Doors is a reference to William Blake's. It's like a poem. Mm -hmm. If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to man as it is infinite. Blake said that the body was the soul's prison unless the five senses were fully developed and open. He considered the senses the windows of the soul. So yeah, just super spiritual and i don't know yeah he was i like, like hearing about that though because you know even back then there people were wicked spiritual like yeah then, you know just slowly like throughout the years there's i mean there's always like a your spiritual people out there but it's like now it's kind of being brought more to attention like I see like a lot of famous people coming out Mm -hmm. about like their spirituality yeah I know and it's crazy I love it I love it too yeah because I feel like the more people talk about it the more people are going to be more comfortable Mm -hmm. with talking about it you know and the five senses thing that you're mentioning with that like because you know with music the hearing you know taste smell Mm -hmm. everything it's like I was just thinking about the five senses today because I was reading an article about it when the lady who had gotten COVID lost her sense of smell and she was just like 
I can't believe how much I've taken my smell for granted. She's like, I, she makes her own perfumes or whatever. So she couldn't work because she couldn't smell what she was making. And she was like trying everything she possibly could to like get her sense of smell back. She's like, I can't believe that I took this for granted. And our wow. five senses are just so important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everything in our life. Mm-hmm. Once one of them's gone, you're just... Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole, like, thing about being present is being fully enveloped in your senses. Mm -hmm. And I think we miss that a lot. We forget, like, to inhale and exhale and to look with our eyes and really, like, absorb the beauty and taste Mm -hmm. food slowly and smell things with love and zest. And, yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like yeah. once you find out more about whatever artist like you're into and you start like you know looking into like their life the history of like the bands or whatever and you learn a lot about them it totally like changes the way you listen to their music mm-hmm. too like, yeah everything about it changes yeah so now I feel like I'm gonna listen to the doors much differently yeah I um you should read my book by Pamela DeBar she was the I really, like, like read a lot of her stuff and listened to her, but when I got into this podcast, um, but she was, like, the groupie that was, like, kind of, Penny Lane was inspired by her, in a sense. There's a few. (laughs) Yep. And um, she met Jim Morrison, and it's, I gotta have her on this podcast, but basically what happened was she heard what sounded like the doors playing in like Laurel Canyon. So she physically like went down to go check out who was listening to this sounded like the new doors. And it was Jim Morrison's house. And I think she like did a cartwheel in his house. And then his girlfriend was like, what are you doing in my house? And, (laughs) and kicked her out. Sounds like Penny Lee. (laughs) Yeah. And Basically, he followed her and was like, what are you on? And I think, I don't know what she, I forget what drug she had, but it's a cool story. I definitely recommend, like, reading her books because you learn a lot about different, like, um, she has one about all these groupies that had, like, actual relationships with different um, rock stars. And it's really, oh my god, it's so cool because I have, like, a whole different perception of them. Some of them, like... A lot of the women, and I think they were trying to say, like, in the movie Almost Famous, is that a lot of the women actually had relationships with these guys. Like, Mm -hmm. people think they just, like, hooked up, and that happened, but a lot of times they would get on planes with the guys. They'd get them backstage passes. Like, every time they were in the area, they would want to meet up with that specific person. So they really did have a liking to this specific girl and maybe they had multiple at a time but they would have one you know and um it was super interesting the Jim Morrison story is really cool and then there's one not with her but um Tara Satana she was I hope I'm saying her name right um she was like a showgirl but she had a thing with Elvis and that's a really it's like really kind of romantic. <laughs> I hate the term groupie because I feel like it does have such a bad connotation. Yeah. Because I don't, I I don't think it was that way. Like what we think the, the 
word groupie is like that's what you think of like yeah. someone that just like oh i slept around with an entire band they just or want yeah and it's a lot of it and it, again some of that happened but there no. yeah some of it the women really had like things with these guys and these guys really liked them too and it that was the cool part about the groupie and like hearing their stories is that these men some of them would write songs about them mm-hmm. um one like was about like cat stevens and his the song wild world like just things like that it's 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 it was really really romantic i highly recommend to you and any of my listeners please check out pamela debar's books they're so good um i love them but yeah it's super interesting and just hearing their point of view you know I don't know if I should ask this, but if you could be a groupie for one singer, who would it be, alive or dead? don't know who, but I feel like it's funny you ask that. If I was, so, like, past life, maybe I was one, because that's, like, how I, I never, like, I love music so much, but I don't think I could play the instruments. Yeah, no, like, I Like, I never... Like, people are like, oh, like, you like music. Like, do you want to, like, do you like playing instruments? Like, no, like, that's not like no I don't yeah. I cannot play an instrument I cannot play the piano my fingers are not <laughs> I cannot play the guitar I don't think I could ever like learn to play an instrument mm-hmm. but I like to just listen to it and I feel like maybe that's what I want like maybe not the groupie yeah. that just like really valued the band and like their music and everything it was a muse yeah. basically yeah I know no I can I I definitely vibe with that and it's funny because Pamela talks about the first groupie being Mary Magdalene and it's so interesting I definitely highly recommend reading her her book it's so good but because I don't want to give it away it's that good but you know it's it, it's true it's like we forget that women aren't just like we've kind of like remodeled the way we look at women, especially in the 80s and the 90s. And now we're like changing that narrative again. Mm-hmm. And it's switching gears. I always heard, I read an article in Vogue how like everything in life is like, um, what are those things? Those music things. Like the metronome. Yeah. But like, yeah. And it just switches sides. And s- sort of we're switching back to like have that new narrative about women. And it's like, yeah, reading those stories made me go, these women weren't just, like, they were nothing. I mean, who cares if they wanted to have sex with these guys? But a lot of them really liked these guys, and these guys really liked them, and they were inspired by each other. Yep. You know, and that was the cool part. It's, like, the the, the chemistry, and, yeah. That's probably where all the good songs yeah. came from. Yeah, yeah. I would say... I'd, did you choose anyone? I don't even know who I would choose. I would say I, I really, it's hard. Like, I feel like I love Jim Morrison. I love Kurt Cobain. I mean, even Lane. I, I think love Lane. Lane was hot, but Lane had also really good fashion for a guy. Like, if you look up his fashion right now, like, I would even, so good. I thought he was, I kind of liked it when he had the... When he was on unplugged with the pink uh, hair. Oh, the pink hair. And you know what I also liked about him? I think he had like one earring only. Yes. I liked yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had combat boots and Ooh, yep. sunglasses and yeah. No, it's, yeah, he was a cutie. He was. <laughs> Maybe him then. Yeah. No. 
But yeah, so it's just, it's crazy to think about. I mean, it's crazy. Do you remember when they died at all? Obviously, you're probably really young for Kurt. Yeah, I don't remember Lane, no. What were you going to say? I don't remember Lane dying, but I'm sure my mom went through it. Yeah, your mom really liked Lane and Kurt, right? Yeah. She had the diary of Kurt Cobain. Somehow that got published after he had passed. It was like a bunch of his like writings and stuff in his journal. And I just remember she, I remember like being with her when she bought it at Barnes and Noble. That's crazy. I want to look into that. It's cool. I vaguely remember when Kurt died. I was four, but I remember Courtney Love being all over the TV and so much about Courtney Love, Courtney Love. Like I couldn't, I didn't know, just remember that. Um, And then I do remember... When Lane died, I had a dance that night. It was like a like a Friday night dance, and I remember I was at like Jess's house or something, and I just remember hearing it on MTV News, and just like Lane Staley died, and it was yeah, it was really sad. It is kind of like I mean, going kind of off the Twenty Seven Club. There's been many other like musicians that have died in by suicide and stuff and like um what's the lead singer of lincoln park Didn't oh he die by chester yeah so sad and then um the guy in audio slave oh yeah my mom really chris cornell mm-hmm. chris cornell chester bennington oh my god avici died who was the dj and mm-hmm. he killed himself which is the last time i went to ultra he was there I actually went to many festivals and he was there. I didn't even know he died. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, he killed. <laughs> See, like it's it's crazy. His he was sad. He had like health issues. It's crazy for me because, you know, a lot of these people I didn't get to like fully remember, but I was like part of I remember, and I've said this on podcasts, there's no hate. I wasn't the biggest fan. He was very, like, mainstream. Not that I don't not like his music. It just wasn't my vibe. So every festival we went to, it was always like, Avicii's there, Avicii's there, Avicii's there. And we'd always be like, (laughs) and then it's like, I never would have thought. And I I remember one ultra, we streamed it, and he was supposed to perform, and he Mm -hmm. had to go to the hospital. And Deadmau5, who always teased him and kind of like laid into him online they had like forgiven each other and stuff but he actually filled in and it was cool because he kind of like made fun of Avicii all the time but he filled in for him and like played his song and I remember when he died like Dead Mouse wrote like a really nice thing about him but yeah it was like fuck it was freaking crazy you know and it's just weird that even going back to Ultra to think that you know, hearing him joking, Avicii, you know, always here, but mm-hmm. they, I never get to... That is so sad. I yeah. know. It's very sad. I really think it has to do with, like, the the fame around it. And you know what it's making me think of right now? In I'm going to reference the documentary again on Woodstock, but the thing about Moby in it, how he had to leave 
because oh, yeah. he was like that uncomfortable being there he's like because he's like very I think he's a very spiritual person too yeah so he was just like picking up on the energy there how everyone was just like very like upset with what was going on like in the world and stuff yeah. at that time it just like wasn't a good vibe there yeah and he like literally he tried to like feel out the vibe like I think it was like the first night or so and maybe it was like by like night two he like he couldn't even perform he like packed his shit up and yeah. left and Moby too you don't really like I think he was kind of like a little popular in maybe the late 90s early 2000s yeah. but you really don't hear from him anymore he kind of like went off on his own and I feel like that has to do with like his spirituality yeah. like he couldn't handle the fame of it all and like yeah. how like you know you know music kind of is nowadays yeah and, like, the like, the attention that, like, me, everything that kind of, like, gets brought into, like, the whole music thing. Like, yeah. he just kind of went rogue on it mm-hmm. and did his own thing. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Just on his own path, in mm-hmm. a way, and not got, like, ra- get wrapped in all the... I, I, I never really listened to him, but I actually tried to, like, search him on Apple Music the other day, and he does come out with stuff. Oh, I, I love, do you love his, do you like his old stuff? Have you ever listened to I it? I do like his, yeah. I love. It kind of is spiritual sounding. It's very spiritual. They actually play it at my yoga studio sometimes. And I it's see like, that, yep. It's great. We saw him at Coachella one year. Because Coachella always yeah, does he, like Yeah, he randos. actually liked, he was talking about Coachella. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, he does like rando festivals randomly and we got to see him. Oh, that was pretty, it's pretty iconic. I was excited about that. You know, I like some of those classic people. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was an interesting movie, yeah. I should say. Documentary. As I'm watching it, I was texting you. Like, you need to put this on. Yeah. Just to show, like, how music really, like, affects us. Even really culturally. Does. Yeah, yeah. culturally. Yeah. Well, I remember that time. It makes me listen to all that music differently. Yeah. Now, <laughs> after yeah. watching that documentary. I even feel like rock and roll changed, though, a lot after that. Mm-hmm. That was really the start of, like, when rock and roll changed in not, like, a positive way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a little rough patch. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I mean, too, like, about, you know, going to an electronic festival. It's The vibes are so high. And, like, I don't care what people say about it. I'm like, you got to go and experience it for yeah. yourself because it's – it's way more than just DJs. It's like a whole energy. I really think it's like a frequency thing. Because like how they're playing, like what they're playing, it's got to have like certain frequencies that are affecting you and you don't even know it. Exactly. That's what I think. And it's all like a lot of the DJs like are peace and love and mm-hmm. like, you know, everything's just about, yay, we're here together. It's, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's good. They definitely set some good intentions when they go up there. It's cool. Yeah. But before we wrap up, what is your favorite Allison Jean song? Nutshell. It's and a good one. What's the other one that I really like? It's like, say goodbye, don't, fo- don't follow. It's I okay. really like that one. What about Nirvana? Nirvana, like the endless, nameless <laughs> yeah. Um, something in the way. I really do like that one. And Arya is actually into that song right now because of the new Batman movie. It's in that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. It's a good one. Yeah. They're just, I don't know. I do. I think about what it'd be like to have them here sometimes, you know. How old would Kirk Cobain be right now? I think like in my, his 50s. Okay, so like my mom's age. Yeah, so like 
maybe 51, 52. Um, yeah. And then he has his, the daughter. She's probably around my age. Yeah. No. She's beautiful. I can't believe he has a daughter. That's so cool. I want, I always say like someday when I have a lot of money, I'm going to get a Kurt Cobain guitar. That's what I want to collect is music <laughs> memorabilia. Mm-hmm. It's my dream. But yeah. So, but thank you so much for like coming on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It wasn't as bad as I Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's like it's once great. you start talking and it's fun. It's really fun. This was a great topic mm-hmm. too. I was so happy when you told me the topic. I was like, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> right so, down my alley. Well, I figured it was like there's no other person that I'd rather have like on this episode. And, you know, we went deep too. <laughs> People don't even know how like we were talking like for a couple hours before I know, this. Before this. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, we'll definitely have you back on another I'll be episode. Back. Maybe something 80s. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode of The Alchemy of Music. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. I just want to say thank you so much to my friend Alana coming on. It's just, in general, how we reconnected was kind of a super crazy story, and it really does have to do with the age of 27. And... In general, she's a huge music lover, a big supporter. So thank you so much, Alana. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all of our conversations that we have. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and this episode. It was awesome to have you here. And uh, I want to hear from you guys. You know, what are your thoughts on the 27 Club? What are your thoughts on, you know, I know Lane is not part of the 27 Club, but the fact that Lane and Kurt died on the same day, which is pretty crazy. So just curious to hear from you guys what you guys think about that. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do not forget to rate it, review it, share it. It helps this podcast get out there, helps these stories be heard. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you, and I hope you all have such a wonderful week. I will talk to you next week. Take care.